I should tell you that uh, our high school graduates had breakfast together this morning, and then they were at the uh, 9.30 worship service, and when we celebrated them there, and so they left. I don't want you to think they were mad or something. They'd just been through a whole lot this morning already, and uh, they still have graduation, some of them this afternoon, in fact, they said, so. We, we gave them a free cut from this service, so I hope you understand that. I selected this passage of Scripture uh, for their benefit. It's the second chapter of John, the first 11 verses. Two days later, there was a wedding in the town of Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They're out of wine. You must not tell me what to do, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. Jesus' mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now the Jews have rules about ritual washing, and for this purpose, six stone water jars were there, each one large enough to hold between 20 and 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. They filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some water out and take it to the man in charge of the feast. They took, they took him the water which now had turned into wine, and he tasted it. He did not know where the wine came from, but the servants who had drawn out the water knew. So he called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone else serves the best wine first, and after the guests have drunk a lot, he serves the ordinary wine. But you have kept the best wine until now. Jesus performed this first miracle in Cana of Galilee. There he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Now let's pray together. We wait upon you in your word, O Lord. I pray that you would endow me with your spirit that I may be equal to this opportunity to share with these, my friends, and your servants. Come speak to us and give us ears to hear what the spirit has to say to the church. May we be obedient unto you. We wait for you in the name and in the spirit of Christ, our Lord. Amen. I grew up in a time and in a place where everyone had a nickname. Now, some of those nicknames were not very nice, but we accepted them and even appreciated them because it meant that we belonged to the group. One of my good friends, uh, George Gaffney, uh, had a nickname. His nickname was Goof. Now, mothers don't like for their children to have a nickname like that. And so when you would call George's home on 
His mother answered the phone, and if you said, may I speak to Goof, she would say, no one lives here by that name, and hang up. <laughs> so you had to call him back and uh, ask for George. Well, Goof and I not only went to high school together, but we went on to Vanderbilt together, and we were fraternity brothers. And uh, one time during the summer, uh, we were double dating, and uh, I went by to pick Goof up, and his mother said, he's not quite ready yet. You know where his room is going up. So I went up there, and, and as he was uh, putting on his tie and finishing up, getting dressed, <clears throat> I noticed above his desk something that I had never noticed before. There was a framed letter. And I figured since it was like a picture, that it was, that I could read it. And so I did. It said something like this, Dear George, the president and I are so, uh, so, are, are upset that we will not be able to attend your graduation. But we did want to send you this letter of congratulation and wish you the very best. And it was signed by Mamie Eisenhower. Now that tells you how old I am. That was President Eisenhower and his wife, Mamie. And I, I, when I read that, I turned to Goof and I said, Wow, I didn't know you were friends with the president and his wife. And he said, Well, I'm not. He said, I just had some extra invitations to my graduation. <laughs> and uh, I decided that I would send one to the president and one to the governor of the state of Tennessee. Said the president sent that letter, but the governor sent me a gift. <laughs> and I can remember standing there saying, why did we call this guy Goof? <laughs> when I had leftover invitations, I just simply threw them away. But think of what Goof did. He sent an invitation to the President of the United States of America. Now, our scripture lesson for this morning is about an invitation that was sent to the mother of, of Jesus and also to Jesus and his disciples. That scripture that we read together said that. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was invited to a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus and his disciples were also invited. And what I'd like to suggest to you this morning is that it makes all the difference in the world when you invite Jesus to wherever you are. Look at the change, look at the difference that it made because Jesus was there at the wedding feast. Mary said to, to Jesus, they have no wine. And all of a sudden, he changes water into wine. He's the change agent. He takes water and changes it into the best of wine. Takes the ordinary and changes it to the extraordinary. He takes emptiness and brings it into complete fullness. There were six water jars there that were used for ceremonial washing. That means that they were wash tubs. And Jesus changes the wash tubs into the holder of the precious wine. He is the change agent. Think of the mount, too. They had none, but all of a sudden they had an abundance. 
Those six water jars, the scripture tells us, held between 20 and 30 gallons of wine. Multiply that out, that's 120 to 180 gallons of wine. That ought to be enough for any fraternity at the University of Florida (laughs) or Florida State and have enough left over for the Episcopalians. (laughs) From emptiness to abundance. And that's what he does. But he not only does that in this wedding feast, he does that for us. He takes our empty lives and makes them full again. He brings a vibrance to our emptiness. He brings a newness to us. He changes the old to the new, the ordinary to the extraordinary. He makes our life extraordinarily great. But then I want you to notice, too, that uh, I want you to notice the servants that are here. Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Would that we would be that kind of a servant, that we would be obedient to whatever Jesus tells us to do. That we would be followers of his, that we would be obedient, that we would be faithful to the task. Look at what happened to these servants, what they did. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. You notice they didn't argue with him. They just simply did the job. They were faithful to what Jesus told them to do. And in fact, they did it exactly what he told them to do. The scripture goes to detail. They filled the jars to the brim. Would that we would be that kind of a faithful servant, just simply obedient to what he tells us. Then he says, take some of that water to the master of ceremonies. Now, they could have said, well, that's sort of a foolish thing to do, Lord. Why would we do something like that? But they were just faithful to the task. They did what Jesus told them to do. And in that faithful task, the scripture tells us, the water was turned into wine. Their faithfulness resulted in an enormous change that took place. They were faithful servants, and that is what I would wish I was and we could be. That we would be servants, and if you want to be a success in life, be a servant. If you want to, to do, be doing what Jesus wants you to do, you will be a servant. You were given life not to be served, but to serve. This is when you invite Jesus into wherever you are, you become a faithful servant of his. But uh, one of the interesting things about this is that when they take the water now turn to wine and give it to the master of ceremonies. He doesn't know where the wine came from. But the servant always knows where the rich wine comes from. And shame on us when we forget where the rich wine things of life have come from. We have been blessed by so much rich wine in life. 
We've been blessed by being able to have homes and families and be no love. And we've known what it's like to uh, be enriched by good schools and good teachers. We have been blessed by those rich wine things. We know how fortunate we are to be able to be a part of a church like this, to worship when we when we are led to worship, to come together as a family and worship the rich wine experience of Christian fellowship, to be inspired by the music, to be inspired by by the messages, to be inspired by the fellowship that we have. Those are rich wine things. How fortunate we are, and shame on us when we forget the rich wine that we have because we live in the United States of America. And would that we could keep it to be a free nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Would that that could happen. What I'm talking about are really... uh, Values of life that we have been given and that we must maintain and keep. We know where the rich wine things come from and forgive us when we have forgotten that. But then this passage of scripture tells us that this, the first miracle, was performed in Cana of Galilee. And then it adds, and his disciples believed in him. This first miracle was was just one of those watermark experiences in life. And what we've done this morning is to celebrate a watermark in life for our high school graduates. That's just one of the watermarks of life. I celebrate with them because I'm in class of 1953. So this is my 70th uh, class reunion time. Uh, I will hopefully be among the very few that go to that reunion. <laughs> but I was reminded of when I graduated, one of the students said, graduation from high school is like seeing your mother-in-law drive over a cliff in your new car. My mother-in-law didn't hear that. (laughs) But it is an experience that you look forward to, but then it marks the end of an era in your life. It's a watermark. Now, in, in all of our lives, there are many, many watermarks. For the disciples, it was that first miracle. It was one of the martyr, it was one of the watermarks. But it says, they believed in him. And what I wonder is, is when all the watermarks have been made in life, what will our reputation be? What will be said of us? I would hope that someone would say of me, O'Reilly, O'Reilly, he kept the faith, he believed in Jesus. And I hope the same thing would be said of each of us. It is my my prayer that that would be the same thing said about you. It happens when you invite Jesus into your life wherever you are. My friend, old George Gaffney, 
did a brave thing, didn't he? He invited the President of the United States of America to his graduation. We would be wise to invite Jesus to wherever we are today. And that's the truth. Amen and amen. And now may the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you and keep you in his peace, grace, and glory now and forever and forever and forevermore. Amen.